Hey guys, welcome back to Devoted Devotions. My name is Tandy and I greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Um, before we begin, let's open with a word of prayer and invite the Holy Spirit. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we come before your throne at this time in humble adoration of your presence. We acknowledge your superiority above us, Father. And we give up our crowns to you. We thank you for the opportunity to turn back to you again once more. We thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you for food, shelter and clothing, Father. You have truly extended countless blessings and countless mercies to us. At this moment, Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit may descend and join us. May it illuminate the truths that are hidden in your word. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, so this isn't going to be a long episode. Um, I'm going to get straight to the point. This is Lessons in Hosea. Um, I do encourage you to actually read the book for yourself. I do not plan to <laughs> reiterate the story. Um, yeah, so consider this the required reading before you get into this episode. Otherwise, if you're not familiar with the book, it, it won't make sense to you. You know, after I read this book, I couldn't get my mind off what God shows us through Hosea and his life. You could somehow say that I was meditating on the concept of unconditional love. Ne? <laughs> and by meditating, I don't mean emptying your mind as the world suggests, but rather filling it up with the word of God. It's not about focusing on ourselves, but rather focusing on the word psalms 119 verses 15 and 16 says i will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways i will delight in your statutes i will not forget your word psalms 1 verses 1 and 2 says blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of the sinners nor sits in the seat of the scoffers but his delight is in the law of the lord and on his law he meditates day and night so understand that when i'm talking about meditation i'm not talking about being zen and stuff i'm talking about just really dwelling on a concept right a biblical concept so anyway um i was thinking about this kind of love that is displayed in this chapter in this book actually unconditional love it's almost a foreign concept to us because we love on condition right um it's valentine's day today and we get to see a lot of people showing love to each other but usually people's relationships are based on what they can get out of the other person right um 
So it's almost like a transactional relationship. But unconditional love flips that concept on its head because there is no transaction. And I've heard a lot of people talk about how that kind of love doesn't exist. And um, I guess those are people who have been hurt by the game, you know, charge it to the game. But when I read this, it almost put this kind of love on full display. And when I say I spent... How long has it been? Yeah, I've been I've been on this for about two days, if not three. Trying to wrap my head around this concept and not that I feel like I'll ever get to a point where I fully understand it because I'm still trying even at this moment. But I wanted to share this with you, right? This kind of love. You have to read the book for yourselves because you have to know what is going on. Um, but the elevator pitch. Oh, actually, let me not give you an elevator pitch. You have to go read it yourselves. Um, yeah, in Varsity, um, we had to do required readings. Okay, so that's the required reading. If you want to understand anything that I'm going to say from here on out, go read the book of Hosea. You know, when I think about everything that Goma put her husband through, it honestly broke my heart. It was like, Goma, how could you do this? How could you do this to a man who loves you so much? How could you do this to a man who would do anything for you? You know, how could you do this to a man who loves you this much? A man who would never hurt you, who would never leave or forsake you. I found myself getting upset with Goma. Like, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? And <laughs> the more upset I got with Goma, the more, I don't know, I, I don't want to say the feeling is pity because it's not pity. There was a feeling I felt towards Hosea. It's not pity. Maybe, maybe let me say I was empathetic towards his situation. You know, it was like, I'm so sorry you have to deal with this. You know, my heart hurt for Hosea. He really did not deserve anything that Goma put him through. Imagine the embarrassment of the whole town talking about your wife like that and, and you holding her in high regard and she just goes and does this. And the more I, I looked at these two characters, Hosea in contrast with Goma, the more it stopped being characters who existed 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago. And it almost, it dawned on me. It was like, it was like a mirror. But this time, I was Goma. 
and Hosea was God. I'm the one who prostitutes herself when she has a loving husband. I'm the one who seeks pleasure elsewhere when God is right there. I'm the one who breaks her covenant to someone who is always ever so faithful to me. I am Goma. It's me. I deserve to be sold into slavery because I've, I've let myself go. I'm the one who exited the house. I, I'm Goma. And so are you. If you recall back to um, Unadulterated, the episode about committing adultery, where we spoke about marriage and more specifically about the covenant. When we enter into a covenant relationship with God, we're taking the same vows. In fact, if not even more serious than the ones that we take on our marriage day. So in a sense, God becomes our husband. He becomes our God and we become his child or his people. But then what do we do? We get bored. We get lured by shiny toys that the devil has on display. By a fancy lifestyle and all these other things. I mean, honestly, the list is endless. And then we leave the only one who is ever so faithful to us. Chasing things that are so temporal. And you know what Hosea did for Gomer at the end? Is almost like the climax of the story because it puts this unconditional love on full display. And in its brightness and in its glory, that moment points directly to Jesus Christ. And when he hung on that cross, he said the same thing that Hosea said I will pay. I will pay the 15 shekels of silver. And I know um, you guys probably just read over that and not really understand the significance of it being 15 shekels of silver. The number 15 in Hebrew represents the, the, the concept of helping someone to do a favor on behalf of someone else, right? And whenever silver is, is used in the Bible, it's, it points to redemption. It's always a story of redemption. Now, if Hosea could pay these shekels to help redeem someone, how much more Jesus on the cross? 
I don't know about you guys, but I don't deserve this kind of love. It doesn't make sense. I only deserve wrath. <laughs> I only deserve wrath, honestly. But you know what? Mercy said no. Mercy gives us a new garment. Mercy redeems us. Mercy picks us up and turns us around. Mercy sits a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Mercy goes before us. God's mercy is not dependent on what we do. Because if that was the case, then yeah, that is true. I really don't deserve it. In fact, that brings on the concept of thinking that you can almost earn it, right? If you think you can do something to deserve it, then you've earned it. Then it's not a free gift, right? God's mercy is not dependent on what we're doing. It's him and him alone. It's all him, guys. That is unconditional love. It's him. It's a love that doesn't hold back. The word says, Greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his own life for his friends. And Jesus considers us as his friends. What a blessing. What a privilege, actually, to be counted as a friend of God. Guys, we cannot do this on our own. We cannot love people like this on our own. But Jesus in us gives us the strength to be able to do this. Gives us the strength to be able to love people we think are unlovable. Because it doesn't depend on what they're doing. I pray the Holy Spirit may give you the strength to love the people in your life that you might think are, are difficult to love, that you might think don't deserve your love. Because remember, the love and the grace and the comfort and the mercy that God has extended to us is what is required of us to extend to other people. Okay, remember breaking the bread? We don't hog the bread. God gives us a little bit of grace today, we give a little bit of grace to someone else. God gives us a little bit of money today, we give a little bit of money to someone else. God gives us a little bit of something, something here, we give that something. Keep the chain going, don't break the chain. Okay? The word says that the ways of the Lord are right and the just shall walk in them. I pray that the Holy Spirit may help us to be these just people that are able to walk in the ways of the Lord. He's giving us, he's mapping it out for us. I know it's difficult. 
but it's only difficult if you attempt to do it on your own strength. But Jesus in you is very capable of doing this. I pray the Holy Spirit may cause us to be the people who long for the Lord. Who long to live out the example that he has set. And for the ladies out there, um, whether you're in a relationship or not, that's inconsequential. Just, Just hear me out. This teaches us about the kind of man or kind of trait we need to look for in 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 the men or in the man that we want to one day be our significant others. What I'm learning from the book of Hosea is that I, I should not be with a man who only wants what he can get from me. But... I should strive to be with the man who wants to be with me because of what he can give to me. And this is not in a selfish way because then you think that, oh, I'm only supposed to be getting. But true love doesn't focus on what it can get, but what it can give. If his mindset is on what he can give, then your mindset should also be on how you can serve. And when we meet each other at that point, beautiful things can happen in that relationship because that's mirroring the type of relationship that we have with God. I hope that makes sense. God gives, we serve. Our husband gives, we serve. I, I I can't make it clearer. If you don't understand, please pray on it. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead. I do want to end off by saying, or just reading this last verse here, which is found in Hosea chapter 10, verses 12, which says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness and reap in mercy. Break up your fellow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness upon you. This is a beautiful verse. It's telling us to sow in righteousness. It's talking about breaking the fallow ground. I'm not going to do the homework for you because the training wheels are coming off, guys. You need to go look up what these words mean. What does it mean to break up the fallow ground? What is fallow ground? The word is literally telling us it is time to seek the Lord. What is more important than seeking the Lord, guys? And it's saying if we do seek, when we do seek the Lord... We must do it until he comes and he reigns righteousness. I don't know. It's such a beautiful promise. It's a beautiful promise. Um, my second favorite promise. <laughs> I, I wasn't planning to share this, but I, I, it's just so beautiful. I have to. Um, is Hosea chapter 2 verses 19 and 20. 
This is God speaking and he says, I will betroth thee unto me forever. I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness and thou shalt know the Lord. Oh, 21, sorry. And it shall come to pass in that day, I will hear, saith the Lord. I will hear the heavens and they shall hear the earth. Mm. Amen, Lord. Fast forward right to 23. And I will say to them, which were not my people, thou art my people and they shall say thou art my god see so <laughs> i think this is one of the things that makes it so clear to me that it's so difficult to enter into a marriage covenant with an unbeliever because as paul rightly puts it you are unequally yoked you can't sustain a marriage outside of god because your first covenant, your first marital covenant is first with God. These are vows. This is a beautiful promise. God wants to be betrothed to us. He's telling us how he's, he's rooting this covenant. I'm just trying to say that it's, it's difficult to, to get to a place where you can... The level of commitment is not the same. If you cannot commit to God here, how are you going to commit to to me? Right? Um, so it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that was just an opinion. Um, ask the Holy Spirit to lead on whatever front and however you make that decision. Um, but for me, it's just so beautiful that this is the type of relationship that God is actually desiring to have with us and he has done everything to make that re relationship possible and done everything to make that relationship work the ball is really in our court now and the lord is calling us to repentance if we never needed the lord before we sure do need him now last verse <laughs> hosea chapter 6 verses 1 Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he has torn and he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. And in the third day, he will raise us up. And we shall live in his sight. We will live in his sight. These are the only things that are keeping me going at this time. You know, the promise of God. Psalms 145 verses 13 says, The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all that he has made. A faithful God who has said vows of betrothal to his people. In fact, to a people that weren't his who has extended a redemptive love, who paid the ultimate price, 
is saying that he we will live in his sight. After everything we have done to to despise him. You know, I hope this is a an encouraging message because for me it gives me the utmost hope. It's like I realize my hopelessness in doing it myself, but I, re- I realize how hopeful I can be in the fact that it is finished. Jesus already paid it all, you know. So, yes, this is a call to repentance. This is a call to meditate on the word of God. Meditate on repentance and the concept of unconditional love and the fact that it has indeed been extended to a sinner like me and a sinner like you. You have access to it. There's nothing special about me, guys. I hope that during our time like reading and studying the word we don't think that oh because i'm sharing it that i'm any better no there's nothing special about me the only thing that is special about me is the fact that jesus was willing to leave heaven come on earth and die so that his blood may cover my life that's the only thing that makes my life of any value <laughs> And it's the truth. God really loves us. So much so that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I pray that you would believe in this name. You would believe in the God man who came to this earth and he walked among us. Who lived and died so that we could have life. May God add a special blessing in the reading of his word.